Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is sponsored by Comark, a global provider of innovative software products and business services. Comark's platform is used by leading brands across all industries to drive their customer loyalty. Powered by AI and machine learning, Comark technologies allow you to build, run, and manage personalized loyalty programs and product offers with ease. For more information, please visit comark.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 195 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, I am joined for a second time by Virgin Red, the loyalty program for the entire Virgin group of companies. They have a wonderful way of describing the program as the red thread that connects this incredibly diverse group of companies. Virgin Red launched initially in the UK in 2020, and just a couple of months ago, they announced their expansion for customers in the United States. Joining me to celebrate this exciting milestone for the world's most exciting brand is Andrea Burchett, Virgin Red's International and Strategic Development Director. Together, we had a wonderful conversation about integrity and the intention of loyalty programs and how Virgin Red is approaching its global rollout to make sure it's relevant and successful and lives up to the extraordinary expectations of a brand that is as well-loved as Virgin is. So, Andrea from Virgin Red, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi, Paula. Thanks very much for having me. Delighted to have you on the show. Um, As you know, we did have your colleague Kelly Best on the program about a year ago. So this is going to be super exciting to catch up on everything that's happening with your program. So I'm going to start by asking you the same question, actually my new favorite question I think I told you about, which is asking you just in your, I suppose, personal opinion, Andrea, what is your favorite loyalty program at the moment? Well, Paula, for those of your listeners that know me, they know that I look at loyalty in its broadest sense. Um, So for me, it's about the intensity of a customer connection to your brand. Um, And there was a company I dealt with um, just over a year ago that I do have huge respect for. I don't know if you're aware of it. It's called Lad Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a digital content publisher. They reach about two thirds of the 18 to 34 year olds in the UK. Wow. And what they, I know it's amazing, isn't it? It's a prime audience to try and get to as well, but they develop content across entertainment, celebrity interviews, news and current affairs, but with a real sort of sense of purpose. So they've got leading campaigns on mental health, environment and political matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that blew me away was the stats. I think they've been going for about 10 years, but they have 262 million followers worldwide. Oh, wow. Um, and 69 million of those come back every single month. You know, and there's no reason for them to come back. There isn't sort of a, a points program or a loyalty program per se, but I think it's really turning sort of traditional loyalty models on its head. Mm. Um, and really making us think about how content can actually create followers and therefore genuine loyalty. Yeah. Um, 
So, yes, I think, you know, again, I'd get sort of your listeners to sort of look at some of the stats on Google as well. I mean, the top three Google searches are Facebook, YouTube and Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when you're designing a loyalty program, you need to think about how you engage customers rather than just selling to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's music to my ears, Andrea, first and foremost, because clearly I'm a content producer um, and I, I fundamentally believe that there's there's a form of intimacy, actually, which does bring loyalty in, I think, as you've already said, actually quite an indirect way. So even though I'm probably not the demographic that Lad Bible is is going out to target, I am aware of the brand and I've been really impressed with what I've seen them publishing So it tends to come through for me, for example, on their Facebook page, but truly extraordinary to have unbelievable statistics like that. Yeah, I think it's a massive opportunity for Virgin as well. We have so much content. I mean, we're very fortunate with the family, the Branson family, Richard himself. Yeah. So if you look at the volume of followers we have across all of our channels, you can imagine how we should be able to engage them with Virgin Red in some way going forward. So me having joined only sort of October last year and just seeing the wealth of content. I mean, Richard going to space um, through Virgin Galactic last year, you know, the following we got from there and the media coverage, it's how you take those followers um, and convert them into customers, which is Mm -hmm. um, is a challenge, I think, um, for brands going forwards. Yeah. And I did actually look up, obviously, the the Virgin homepage again in preparation for today. Um, And I loved, you know, simple things, I suppose, even like the brand being described, for example, on LinkedIn as the world's most exciting brand, which, of course, with Virgin Galactic and Virgin Voyages and just the incredible, I suppose, group of companies you guys have. So you must be incredibly excited to be getting started. And you know what, just what, five months in at this point? Yeah, I think, Paul, I mean, you know, the, the, the obvious question is what attracted me to join Virgin. Um, totally. And I think for me, it is absolutely the, the power of the brand. It's it's recognized globally. Yeah. Um, but it's just effortless in its ability to cross geographies and industries. I can't think of another brand, actually, that can do that. So if you think about Virgin Money, uh, Virgin Media, Virgin Hotels, Virgin Gyms. Yeah. Um, and I think that, again, is what presents such a unique opportunity and why I'm excited as to how... Yeah. Customers can interact with one of the brands. We've got 49 different companies globally um, mm. and 35 million customers. So they can come in, connect with a brand, um, and the ecosystem of Virgin can wrap around them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of coalition programs out there, as you know, but they they try and bring together different brands. Mm-hmm. We have the benefit that the, the door is all branded Virgin, um, but the yeah. ecosystem that we can offer across things from, you know, travel rewards, um, entertainment, everyday things like octopus. Um, So it's a very broad proposition. I think today we've got about 240 different rewards in the UK alone. Okay. Wow. And that's exactly, I suppose, was the trigger for our last conversation, Andrea. Um, Virgin Red had just been launched, I think it was September 2020. And again, the messaging, beautifully clear. I think the terminology you guys were using was it was the red thread and is the red thread that connects all of your companies. So, So I'd love to, first of all, check in, see how is the UK doing with Virgin Red at the moment? Yeah, the guys have been very busy last year, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so we've got some new partners, um, you know, whether it's um, booking.com, we, we've gone into a new relationship with Kahoo, um, they do taxi services, okay. um, as well as going around the, the, the you know, the, the Virgin brands. So we announced at the back end of last year, a very strong strategic collaboration with Virgin Money. So there'll be more in that space um, through that partnership this year. Okay. Um, 
I think one of the other exciting areas which um, we launched April last year is Virgin Train Ticketing. There's lots going on in the train space. Um, obviously, the Virgin brand has some history um, mm. with the East and West Coast um, network. Mm-hmm. Um, but we launched that last year. It's going really well. People are earning points um, on their ticket purchases. And we're seeing good use of sort of e-ticket platforms. So that's where you can store your e-ticket in the wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only can you earn points, there's no booking fee. Again, we found through research that was a real pain point with some of the other providers. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so that's then something that we'll be looking to grow and develop as we as we look ahead into this year. Mm. Um, so yeah, a lot more to come. We've seen some great success through our marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost one million points have been donated to Points for Good, which is our charities and communities. Lovely. Um, we've had like a hundred thousand members entering some of our activation competitions. So so mm. things are going well. It's it's early days, obviously. Um, travel coming back and some of the restrictions around COVID being reduced is a huge boost for for us and some of the the Virgin brands that we have, such as Virgin Atlantic and and our hotel our hotels and Voyager network as well. Yeah, for sure. And I somehow ended up um, quite joyfully, of course, um, noticing the the new cruise proposition that's coming out as well, Andrea. So I'm certainly following that. I'm in the market for a cruise at some point. So I love to see the brand extending into these. As you've said, actually, travel is the obvious home for Virgin, given the Virgin Atlantic background. So it seems that the brand can absolutely do anything and and do it with, I think, a level of excellence that just means customers will try it and trust it because it comes from the Virgin Group of Companies. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, the Voyager stuff's great. It's um, traveling the European launches uh, in spring, Portugal, Spain, Belgium, so some great destinations and and hotels as well. We've got two hotels opening um, later this year up in Scotland, so Edinburgh, um, Glasgow. But but the same in the US, we've got... um, hotels opening in in um in new york so so wow. yeah it, it's great because the, the virgin companies themselves are, are building out uh their network and, and their product and service offering which which can only enhance and improve mm. and benefit the virgin red customers as well Wonderful. um yeah. we've even got if you're interested virgin orbit is landing Ooh. uh in cornwall <laughs> um we get down to Cornwall and, and look at some activity there. So that and that's great. You know, it's great for Cornwall. It's yeah. great for the UK to have a space um, space outlet in terms of um, future strategy. So, so yeah, some really exciting stuff going on within the Virgin Group. Um, you know, which which, as I say, is only beneficial as we use Virgin Red and the Points Program to really knit all this together for customers. Absolutely. Am I right in understanding then, Andrea, that you're going to be operating hotels as Virgin? Yeah, Virgin Hotels. So wow. we already have a footprint in the US. Um, okay. As I say, we're really excited. We've got the launch in New York. I think it's about July time this year. Wow. Um, in the UK, we have Glasgow, Edinburgh, and I'm sure there's other other locations on the horizon because, again, that's quite a new – we call them our rock star brands. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Newer, newer, uh, newer ventures, so such as Voyages and Hotels and, and Orbit and Galactic. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's almost the reverse, really. That's some of the US footprint we have coming into the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, the back end of last year, so sort of November, we took Virgin Red from the UK into the US market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about next. So, you know, one year of, you know, focusing on getting the, the footprint, getting the partners, getting the UK to the level that it needs to be for Virgin Red. So how's it going with the US launch so far in the, what did I calculate, 10 weeks that you're live with it, Andrea? 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm a bit long in the tooth on Lorty, I guess. I've been, <laughs> I've been in the industry for about 15 years and I've seen, you know, unfortunately, quite a few failures uh, in the US market. Amex Plenty, yeah. um, various others have, have, have been and, and tried. So I think, you know, when we went in very clear with a view that we weren't going to lift and shift our UK program uh, and move it into the US market. We wanted to co-create um, the proposition in that market with with partners, um, both within the Virgin Group, but obviously some selective partners outside as well. Yeah. Um, I think to, to crack the US market, I think our view is you probably need to take quite a regional approach. You know, it's a huge, it's yeah. a huge market. Um, you know, so so we, as I say, we already have a really good presence there. We've got a strong collection and redemption proposition. We've got some great localized brands we're working with. So whether that's built, um, and I think they're on your show recently. Yes. Um, you know, and for those that don't know, it's the ability to sort of accumulate points and and through your rental. Um, but you know, it's a great consumer proposition in terms of being able to help people get their first home. Mm. Um, you know, we've got online brands like Macy's, Home Depot, yeah. um, and Carbon Engineering, which is great. They they build the technology to remove carbon from the atmosphere. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we're out on consumer research at the moment, um, but we thought it was important to sort of go live. Mm. Um, just to generally show our commitment to the market and, and let partners know that we're open for business. Okay. Um, give them something to go and have a look at. You know, I always think it's useful when something's brought to life by um, being live in the market rather than concept. Yeah. Um, so we've got lots of plans and, and more developments happening in the US market later this year. Yeah, yeah. And my immediate thought there, Andrea, is, you know, our number one market in terms of listeners are loyalty practitioners in the US. So I'm guessing there might be opportunities for people listening to this show, for example, to maybe reach out and see if there's an opportunity for them to work with you guys. Absolutely. You know, it's an open door. Um, always really interested to to share insights. I think the you know, the key thing we're all having to deal with at the moment is that there's been a massive shift in consumer behavior as a result of the last 18 months and COVID. Yeah. Um, so the adoption, as you well know, and I was looking at some stats the other day in a McKinsey's report, you know, it's been a 20% shift of online spend. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, there was something like 75% of customers have tried new shopping behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a phenomenal number. And, and, and a lot of that is millennials and sort of Gen Zs looking to switch to new brands that yeah. really, really reflect sort of what they're looking for law to. So they're very much the sort of, I'll be law to you if you're law to me. Yeah. And again, I think we need to make sure our loyalty programs are genuinely being law to customers and our members rather than just, you know, as I say, a one-way, one-way relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's come out. You're absolutely right, Andrea, in the, um, I don't know whether it was, you know, just, you know, accentuated by the pandemic or whether it was already, I think, emerging, but this whole idea that, you know, why should I be loyal to this brand until I see, you know, how they treat me, how they take care of my data, how good the value proposition actually is. So I think you're absolutely right. And to your point about built rewards, for example, I think that's a genius insight in targeting perhaps that younger demographic that mightn't be able to maybe fly internationally as yet, maybe at the life stage they're at, but are definitely paying money on rent and want to be able to be rewarded for that. And then by the sounds of it, what they can do then, I think they exchange the points with Virgin Red. Is that the way that your partnership works with them? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, And I think- you know, Bill's great because it's, it's something new and exciting. And I think working, the benefit for them is working with the Virgin brand. I mean, it's it's 50 years um, in its infancy, I'd say, in terms oh. of age. Um, 
very much in that age bracket myself. So it's 50 years young. Um, you know, Richard Branson's dream was to bring all of the Virgin brands and their customers together in one place. And I think that's, you know, that's certainly the mission for Virgin Red yeah. is to really create that extraordinary reward club um, yeah. using the universal vir- Virgin currency. So I think if we can help build, um, you know, build their proposition, but leverage obviously the trust that's inherently there within the Virgin brand. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. And actually, I was looking also as well, as you said, at the um, the stats for Richard himself. And I really loved, I have to say, the way that he's just, I suppose, positioned on the website, but also his family. Because I, I don't think I was expecting to see his daughter and his son. And even for simple things like a speaking engagement, you can book a Branson, which I thought in terms of, you know, just the whole um, taking care of people close to him. I don't think I've ever seen, you know, anyone with, you know, a family company who's really made sure to um, to build their careers as explicitly as I saw for Richard. So that's just a lovely, I think, example of how he runs his companies. Yeah, and I think, you know, the lovely thing, I mean, Holly um, is is chief of purpose. So there's a real thread of purpose um, within the DNA of, of Virgin. And, you know, we, what we want is to help all of our customers live a life more Virgin. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is about the environment. That is about sustainability. Yeah. You know, so, so decisions are always made with that backdrop. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic to have the family involved. Yeah. Um, as I say, there's a great um, network of companies um, you know, and our job is to glue all of that together. And, and I think yeah. customers expect it to be glued together as well. I mean, the reaction to, to Virgin Red has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, so it's just building on those foundations for us now as we as we look ahead in both in the UK and US and potentially other opportunities for market expansion. For sure, for sure. And you alluded to the fact, so like myself, Andrea, um, we've both been into the industry a while. In fact, our paths crossed very briefly back in the Avios days. I think that was maybe seven or eight years ago, I think, from memory. Yes, that's right. Um, I think you helped us with um, launching Avios with Aer Lingus and uh, building that program in the Irish market. Exactly, exactly. Fun times. More well, more well Paula. You can't oh, hide. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But something I loved you said as well last time we spoke, Andrea, was moving away from, I suppose, the, let's say, the traditional pillars of loyalty. Um, you know, we all know our recency, frequency and monetary value. And obviously, they're super important. And, you know, there's a huge amount of analysis, of, of course, always for every program. But you had some kind of new pillars, um, which I really liked. And to me, they felt um, actually less commercial, but more emotional, more engaging. And I suppose more on the Virgin brand, to your point about having a purpose and having a vision. So would you maybe share with everyone listening about what you think the kind of new pillars are? Things like social, for example, that you mentioned to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it it, it sort of goes back to your original question, Paula, um, and the conversation around Nad Bible. Um you know, we all know the backbone of long-standing loyalty programs do look at recency, frequency, and, and the value of the transaction. Yeah, but I think that's the point. It, it's the value. It, it's a transaction, um, yeah. and the danger is you have a transactional relationship with your members. And I think today's brands need to think about social. So social, you know. All brands are tracking their followers, but it's how do you really drive that broad reach um, and and engage with those followers more to to enable them to become members of your program? Mm. Um, so I think social is is a massive area now. Um, 
I think reaction as well. For me, we need to now have brands that can create an emotional and memorable, a memorable connection. Um, I think content, as I said, plays a core role in doing that. Mm. And then interaction, I think, you know, the brands that I look at that I have a relationship with are are born out of having a conversation with that brand. Mm. Um, so again, I think Virgin, as I say, is very well placed. I think we've got all the ingredients of that. We've got an amazing brand that's admired, yeah. Um, you know, we have a huge social network and social following through the 49 different companies and channels. I mean, the, 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 the immense number of channels that we have to reach our customers. Yeah. Um, you know, as I say, Virgin Red knits all that together. So I think from Melissa's perspective, yes, absolutely. You've got recency, frequency and value. But how well are you doing on the social reaction and interaction? Mm. Um and I think, you know, and the content providers are starting to wake up. I think Disney years ago um, basically gave all their content to Netflix um, mm, yeah. and realized over a couple of years that they actually built Netflix's database for them. Yeah. So, you know, having discussions with them, they've pulled all their content from, from Netflix now and, and, and launched Disney Plus. Yeah. And that's that Disney is very like Virgin. Disney didn't have a central sort of database of customers. Okay. But through Disney Plus and streaming, they're now really building um, their own proposition and a customer relationship on a one-to-one basis rather than before relying on sort of box office revenues, Mm. you know, and that's a brand that's got such high emotional engagement like Virgin. Um, so I think it's interesting to look at what's going on in the content space. Um, I think in Lorty years, we used to look at what went on in the retail space and that was our guiding star. Mm. Um, but I would encourage people now to start thinking about the likes of the Skies and the Netflix and the Disneys and 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 even small brands to a certain extent like Lad, Lad Bible. Yeah. Because I think they generally are working hard every day and not just taking loyalty for granted, yeah. um, getting people coming back sort of month in, month out. Yeah. And I will make sure to link to Lad Bible for sure, Andrea, just, you know, again, for particularly people perhaps overseas who mightn't be familiar with the brand. But but do you have any insight on what their business model is? Because I do think that that's something a lot of content producers, dare I say it, will struggle with. You know, what is, you know, how do they drive revenue? Do you know, was that like a partner of yours or just to get an insight on that side? Yeah, um, my understanding is they make money charging brands for sort of bespoke campaigns um, okay. or programmatic advertising. And again, in mm. the whole world of um, media and ad, ad, ad exchange platforms is going to get interesting. I don't know if you've been reading some of the latest news around third party data oh, and yeah. some of the restrictions that have been put on Facebook and others. So, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, thinking about your data and how you monetize that mm. Um in terms of first-party data versus relying on other sources of data to to reach customers more broadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the moment, anyway, my understanding is that it's through um, sort of bespoke campaigns for brands. They've got some amazing brands they work with. Um, you know, so it's, it's again very much a partnership approach um, mm. rather than being seen as a sales channel. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. No, it's just always useful because as you said, I know you'd worked with them in the past. So um, always great to get an insight. And again, this show is all about education and inspiration. So I know after this, everybody's going to be looking obviously at Virgin Red, but also the other brands that we're talking about. So what do you think is next? Sorry, Sorry, just to build on that, Paula. I think um, one of the key things is to your point, I think the commercial model around traditional loyalty programs was really looked, you know, they, they use the margin from the transaction or, or invested from the cost of acquisition into loyalty. Yeah. The challenge we have um, for all of us in this sector is how do we measure 
uh, other behaviors that we want to reward that don't involve a financial transaction yeah um I mean, we've we've just launched um, a partnership with Square Meal, um, and they're using points and, and and Virgin Red points to reward reviews. You know, how do you value a review? Uh, how wow. do you value a follower? Um, and I think that's the space that I was alluding to, I guess, in terms of those other metrics is how do you quantify those in a way that you can get them past your finance team? Yes. <laughs> um, wow. You know, and that's a challenge for all of us as an industry because you know, those, those behaviors are valuable, um, yeah. but they're not yeah. as easily quantifiable as, as a financial transaction. Yeah. And very difficult to justify, as you said, because, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, we can incentivize, you know, transactional behavior and reward that. And we know where the margin and where that's going to be funded from, but that's quite extraordinary. And I really love it actually, because I, again, I think it's part of the evolution of where loyalty is is changing is to recognize that other behaviors have value as well. And if somebody does, you know, give you a mention, for example, on a social platform, or as you said, that sounds like a beautiful proposition with Square Meal. So to use Virgin Points to um, to recognize that, that's a huge opportunity, I think, for everybody. Yeah, and I think, you know, the brave thing is just to test and learn. Um, sure. You know, if you, if you can adopt that, because um, that that will help you build the business case, as you say, by by just trying these different things. And But the restaurant industry has got it, um, and, and the hotel industry to a certain extent, and TripAdvisor, yeah. some of those other social platforms. But it's just, you know, if you can reward those behaviours and think of lifetime value, as we all talk about, then, yeah. you know, that that generates a much more rounded loyalty program for your members that's that lives in the modern world i th- i guess in terms of more mm. of the traditional thinking that we've had before yeah yeah and two other things you've reminded me as well when you mentioned margin um you know and just going back i suppose to the conversation with kelly your cmo last year was um really two pieces of i think innovation and i suppose inspirational thinking so i know that virgin red first of all you decided that there would be no expiry on your points. Yep. So be dying to hear how that's going. And also, I know you mentioned to me, Andrea, that the goal is 100% of burn for your points. So how's all of that going? Yeah, I think every loyalty program should have 100% redemption of points because that's 100% engagement from customers. Yeah. Um, I think, again, you know, as Kelly mentioned, because we're a new program, um, you know, less than a year old, we, you know, we, we can have that agenda. We're not an old loyalty scheme that you and I would know about where they rely on or or have an element of um, liability. Yeah. Um, an assumption within their financial plan that a volume of points don't get redeemed. Yeah. You know, we deliberately and very boldly took the decision to say points don't expire. Mm. Um, and I think that's because we we do want every single red customer member to 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 get their reward and some people want instant gratification and they'll use it really quickly on a greg sausage wall or whatever it may be and others you know they want that dream holiday and i think you know the challenge with loyalty is it's attitudinal so i don't think you can ever assume someone might not want to use their points i always view points as a bank account and it's you know Mm. if someone started taking the cash out my my bank account or (laughs) my pound has expired i'd be very upset yeah so i think for me every loyalty program should strive for that 100% redemption because that's 100% engagement. Um, you know, a lot of the retail programs do well in this space. Yeah. Um, previously worked with Tesco's and Sainsbury's and others, you know, and they, they've got the benefit of prompting at checkout. Um, yeah. But it's making sure that that's not inertia and that's actual engagement um, mm. when people do redeem. But yeah, we we were very clear and it's a very strong message from Virgin that, that our points don't expire because, yeah. you know, they're yours, you know, they belong to you and you decide what you want to do and, and where you want to use them. And I think, you know, yeah. the benefit with the Red program is 
we've got sort of five different categories, I guess, of rewards, whether that's everyday treats, mm. whether that's travel and adventure with like Virgin Atlantic, Virgin holidays, whether it's extraordinary experiences. So we've got obviously the Virgin experience days out. We've got the exclusive um, Virgin Red Room at Man- in Manchester, the AO Arena. Okay. Um, you know, and then and points for good. So charities, local community, startup businesses. Yeah, so, so there's hopefully something there for everybody, um, mm. but really putting the power back into the customer's hands around yeah. how they want to use the points and when they want to use them. Mm, lovely. And I presume then with them, with that depth of thinking, is that uh, translating across the pond, as we call it? Is that policy also going to be in place for Virgin Red for US members? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's more a philosophy and ethos of, of, of the currency that, you know, we want to you know, back to that bank account analogy, it, they're your points and we want you to have freedom to do what you want. I mean, you know, there's so many schemes and I've looked at them over the years and different loyalty programs. You can't earn them quick enough before they're expiring at the back end. And that's yeah. really frustrating for a customer. It's like, I just can't build my balance quick enough before the ones that I had before start expiring and trickling out the door. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we want to, to to make our program as engaging as possible. Um, and, and, you know, because it is about using... Um, the various companies across the Virgin brand, you know, ultimately um, customers will be re- redeeming back into that ecosystem. So why would we not want to maximize the value that they get? Yeah. Yeah. And you've reminded me actually just of a previous guest as well, Andrea, and it was actually American Airlines. And um, they talked about the importance, one of their key key KPIs was the speed of first redemption. And that's what I'm hearing coming from you as well. And I thought for, for anyone listening to the show, that's an extraordinary insight because it almost seems like the immediate cycle then, it just kind of speeds up in terms of that virtuous cycle of collect and redeem and collect and redeem. So I think it's it's wonderful to hear that the whole industry is moving beyond this, you know, reluctance in the past, you know, with other brands, for example, to say, oh, yeah, we'll just make a margin on that. And um, to now this, you know, insight into, as you said, first of all, it is the bank account for the customer. So let's, you know, keep that in place for them. But actually, it does drive more behavior that you actually want with the overall uh, program overall. Yeah, and I think um, it'd be good to chat to um, the colleague from American Airlines. I think the challenge, well, the two insights I have, I guess I'd share that uh, over the years I've seen, because the challenge with loyalties is attitudinal, as we spoke about. So we did quite a lot of research um, with the customer bases just to understand really what the the drivers are of loyalty. And I think for us, the rate of collection, um, I guess, links to speed. So some, you know, people have have a level of disposable income to to, to earn enough points over a period of time. So I think the rate of collection was definitely one of the key ones. But the other one I'll share with you is that actually the point of redemption was the, the most, the highest level of engagement a customer would be at. So as soon as they redeem, and that and that kind of makes sense because that's the, them finally realizing the reward that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so if you can think about your marketing strategy, so if you see a customer redeem, what's the next best action that you then put in front of them? Mm. Um, I think really thinking about that redemption because um, a lot of, again, a lot of frustrates me really because a lot of loyalty programs look at redemption as a potential risk of someone checking out. And yeah. see it, you know, potentially with a nuance of negativity rather than I very much see it as an opportunity. Yeah. Um, to, to, you know, to, to get customers to build their balance back up. And, you know, as I say, from all the research I've seen, that's when the customers are their most engaged. Yeah. Um, so it's really grasping that opportunity to, to boost their balance back up. 
again, you know, the bank account, I hate seeing my bank account balance go down. <laughs> don't we <laughs> you know, all? <laughs> it, pains, it pains me to see. And so many customers, again, you know, in loyalty programs don't like their balance going to zero. Yeah. You know, they'd rather do things, which again, we have in the Virgin Red program, you know, a little bit of points, a little bit of cash. Okay. Um, so using their points to get a discount rather than fully fund the rewards. So again, having that flexibility, place the different attitudes of customers and how they look at look at the loyalty currency and look at look at virgin red and the, and the points mm, well yeah and and to be honest i hadn't heard anybody worrying about um checking out when uh, the member goes to zero but i can actually see you know particularly for maybe more the financial mindset that they might see that as a very negative thing but to me absolutely like you it's a huge opportunity you know they they've they've had that extraordinary experience and it's time to get back in and start on something new to collect for absolutely i think you know you you lean into loyalty ultimately and and you know it comes with an element of risk because it is about customer behavior and attitude and yeah. you know that's the beauty of it and that's why i love it so much but you know you hear probably you're right more the finance guys worrying about the run on the bank and all that sort of terminology that you know, <laughs> know that you've had to you know and i think you have to get beyond that which is why i say you've got to look at lifetime value you've got to look at other behaviors yeah you know like you get member or posting a review whatever it may be but you know, you've got to embrace it. If you're going to get into this sector, you've got to embrace it in its entirety, I think. Um, yeah. Which does yeah. take a few risks to drive those opportunities. Um, but I think what you'll find is that customers and members will come back to you time and time again if you do that. Mm. As I say, we found within the Virgin Red um, member base, you know, that they love the fact that we we have no no expiry. They love on Virgin Train ticketing that there's no booking fees. It's yeah. all those little rules that, that really cause pain points for customers. So if you can remove those, then you can really start amplifying your program on a, on a bigger, broader scale. Yeah. And also leverage, I think, the word of mouth marketing as well, because I think that's exactly what, you know, no booking fees will do for Virgin Red, you know, in terms of its train proposition. Because I think as soon as you start putting in things like fees, people immediately start getting upset. So eliminating that, it's an immediate reason to, to change behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, from a train's perspective, it's great. Um, as you know, Virgin Atlantic is more of a long haul airline. So the ability to yeah. enable people with their domestic travel, um, certainly across the UK at the moment, and who knows in terms of future expansion. But yeah. um, again, it was just an obvious one for us to, um, you know, to, to get into really and offer that ticketing platform. And it's a great opportunity to overlay other partners. So, you know, if you get the train into London, yeah. we can then promote things like Virgin Gyms. Um, you know, obviously we've got the, the relationship with Greg, so grab a coffee, grab a sausage roll, you know, so there's the sort of the extension of the connected journey, as I refer to it. So yeah. from the time you book your ticket to the time you arrive at your destination, yeah. you know, how can we sprinkle some of the other partnerships that we have through that? So Carhu, as I said, we launched with them last year. Mm. That's a taxi service, um, you know, with Square Meal, we, you know, there's all sorts of things. So so I think for me that it, 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 there's an element of um, obvious sort of coalition even within the brands that we have to optimize that train journey, mm. um, you know, and make it more rewarding throughout, not just through the points that you earn through the ticket, but mm. things that you can do through the journey as well. Mm. Yeah. And isn't it amazing how often sausage rolls become something that people really just <laughs> look forward to as part of like their everyday treats during the week? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Grabbing a coffee. I mean, you know, I, I just think it's like those low valued redemptions are, are, are equally really, really important because they just keep you top of mind. And I think yeah. that's what I like about Virgin Train Ticketing because it's high volume, hopefully with everyone starting to go back to work. Yeah. Um, you know, high volume, low value transactions, but it just, 
like a lot of the retail programs, it just keeps you front and foremost in people's minds. And, you know, I think that will be a great facilitator for Virgin Red. Mm, wonderful. So as we go through 2022, Andrea, what's, uh, what do you see on the horizon coming up maybe for the program? Yeah, I think, I mean, looking ahead, it, to a certain extent, um, it might sound a bit boring as an answer, but it's more of the same. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it, it is more um, bringing more partners on board. Um, I mean, the big opportunity for us, and we're, we're making good headway there, is to to weave the Virgin Red currency across the Virgin companies. Yeah. So as I say, we've, we've already got relationships with likes of Virgin Wine, obviously got Virgin Train Ticketing. We announced the back end of last year, this collaboration, strategic collaboration with Virgin Money. Um, obviously we've got Virgin Voyages, Virgin Hotels, so you know Virgin Media. So it really is sort of starting with our own sort of ecosystem mm. um, and gluing that together. And, and customers expect it. I mean, when they hear Virgin, they imagine all those relationships are are under one un- umbrella, and that the points will be ubiquitous across across yeah. the different brands and, and companies that we have. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really our ambition is to realise that for customers and then bring them sort of real value add opportunities through the breadth of different travel reward categories that we have. Yeah. Um, Putting sort of great earning and spending opportunities and choices in front of our members. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm just thinking ahead, would you believe I'm going to Virgin Megastore this evening? So um, I'll certainly... (laughs) So that's already um, a nice little coincidence. But the other one, I suppose, that we have here, and I know there's a few Virgin companies in uh, certainly in Dubai, but the one that I'm most impressed with, purely back to the the whole piece around travel and exciting as a brand, is the whole Virgin Hyperloop. So again, just if anybody's listening and just interested in compelling technology in terms of leading edge transport solutions, it's quite extraordinary what Virgin is doing with the Hyperloop, and hopefully. Hopefully that'll be an ultra high speed train, I think at 1200 kilometers an hour going between yeah, Dubai yeah. and Abu Dhabi at some point. So unbelievable stuff that you guys are involved in. The Virgin Megastore brand, as I say, I mean, it's just, just amazing, as you say, in Dubai in terms of the following and, and appeal that it has. Yes. Um, and it just talks to me to the, uh, as I say, the power of the brand, but just where people, as I said before, want to start there. But you, you might choose that Virgin Megastore is where you want to earn your points, but then the rest yeah. of the ecosystem can wrap around that relationship. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's very much in the hands of you as a member where where you choose to have your affinity across the Virgin um, companies that we have and the products and services we offer. Mm. Yeah. And, the and user a- experience, we haven't touched a bit. Um, sorry, Paul, the other thing to mention, I guess, is the user experience because there's, I think, you know, again, we see this a lot in research around value and convenience, you know, yes. and, and value is defined very differently. What's valuable to one person, um, you know, has a different value price to another. Mm-hmm. But I think convenience, again, and removing friction in the user journey. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've made quite a lot of improvements in a new homepage. Um, we've in- introduced a search bar in the app, so it makes it easier for members to find their favorite rewards. Okay. Um, so again, just, you know, thinking not only about the earn and spend side of things, but also making it simple and easy to 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 engage and interact with. Yeah. Everyone's very poor. Um, and, and, you know, and particularly as we start getting back to work and our busy lives start coming back in again, I think that's really critical as well, just to make sure we, we keep that um, user experience, um, you know, at the forefront of our minds whenever we build anything out. 
for sure. And even though Virgin Red hasn't arrived in Dubai yet, I can tell you that the, the simplicity of the proposition for loyalty in Virgin Megastore Dubai is super. And, and I wasn't even aware that shows you how simple it is. So for example, and again, just for, for people around the world to listen, you know, all I had to do was give my mobile number, my, my favorite form of identification, because I know it's the only one I know, but then you are immediately insured on any products you buy in the Virgin Megastore store automatically for a year. So we've had to return things from time to time, for example, and it was just wonderfully reassuring. And again, I can only see that getting better when, again, it comes across the whole country and all the Virgin brands in this market. Although I'm sure it'll take you a while. It's not as quick and easy as it sounds to roll these things out globally, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it, it's um, from a tech perspective, obviously, we just need to be mindful in terms of how we build things out. But we are trying to make sure that yeah. as we build our technology, it, it's with the line of sight of more of an international expansion. Wonderful. Um, yeah, but, but at the same time, uh, you know, like the US market, it isn't going to be a lift and shift. There is a sort of front end user experience and, and the partnerships and everything else that, that need to be mindful of, of the different sort of requirements, needs, and and, and eagle sort of even the legal and regulatory landscape that that resides in those different countries that we look at. Totally. Um, But yeah, as I say, our strategy is definitely to to bring together all the companies and and sort of tap into the 35 million customers that we have today of the Virgin brand. So um, yeah, that might take us a bit bit more than a year for (laughs) all to do. Well, I love it. Totally. And I think I think it's absolutely right, though, as well, Andrea, because as you alluded to earlier, particularly with the US market, we've all seen some really big brands try and not manage to nail it. But I think you have an extraordinary opportunity with, I suppose, the, the coalition and the whole group there just to build something that is utterly compelling, you know, for people in different, as you said, states and cities one at a time and build it slowly and carefully, which I know is the approach you guys are taking to make sure you get it right. So yeah, I think I, is, and, and the benefit is that it, it, it all boils down to the brand. I mean, the brand in the US is amazing. It's got like an 89% awareness. Wow. Which if you actually look at our footprint, um, you know, with through hotels and orbit, um, you know, it, it, it's so amplified. And, and 76% of customers have an openness in the US already to things from Virgin. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, we've got a good starting position um, to be able totally. to really build something quite compelling. But as I said, we want to really listen through the research that we do and through the partner engagements that we have um, to make sure that it's co-created and very much tailored to that market um, as opposed to, as I say, I've, like you and I, we, you know, been in this industry long enough to, to make sure we learn from the mistake, mistakes of others. For sure. Oh, you will. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Super exciting. So listen, um, I don't have any more questions from my side, Andrea. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention for listeners before we wrap up? I think it's just, um, yeah, take forward some of those lessons and learnings. I think, you know, the benefit with Lorty is it's a long-term gain. Um, you know, we should be looking at the lifetime of a customer. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the, the key is just to 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 take take stock of what's happened over the last 18 months, recognize that your customers probably aren't the same customers that they were a year and a half ago. It yeah. might be the same individual, but their attitudes and behaviors have certainly changed. Yeah. Um, you know, and as I say, it's a very small community. Um, I'm looking forward to judging various loyalty awards over the coming months. Um, lots of reading for me and case studies, but oh. it'll just be really interesting to see what's been going on in the industry over the last 18 months. Because I think, you know, we've all missed the yes. opportunity to, to network and get in a room and, and share ideas and thoughts. So um, 
Absolutely. yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to meeting more people in person um, over the coming months as we as we hopefully get a little bit back to the semblance of normality. Wonderful. Well, I will certainly be attending the awards in London, so we will definitely have a, a proper chance, absolutely, to reconnect. So again, listeners will know we've been um, making sure everybody gets their entries in. So good luck with the judging. I've done it myself in the past. It's absolutely fascinating. A lot of work, of course, but definitely very inspiring. So listen, with all of that said, Andrea, I want to wish you every success with Virgin Red as you continue with your global expansion. It's an extraordinary story. So Andrea Burchett, International and Strategic Development Director at Virgin Red. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. It's been great having time with you. Talk to you soon. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.